Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. We have taken a break from watching Evo and playing Fire Emblem Three Houses to talk about Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, so anime. <laughs> yes, the best anime of 2019. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. But, uh, you know, just to introduce everybody before we get started, I am your host, Jell. We have along with me today, Iroh. Uh, hi, I am uh, going Blue Lion's Root for Fire Emblem. Okay, yeah, let's just get that out of the way. Declare your allegiances on the introduction. Uh-huh. Uh, we have G. You know, everybody's talking about, uh, you know, what king to support, what empire to, 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 to see through to the end. But, you know, instead of one uh, a tyrant, have you ever considered the uh, alternate political uh, system of a uh, an oligarchy or a collection of smaller petty tyrants uh you know because uh, sometimes sometimes in the time and age you live in that is the closest thing you have to resembling an actual democracy all so, right well uh, are you trying to tell obvious, us yeah uh golden deer uh, all the way all right and uh we have uh, also with us today chris hi i'm back to ruin your podcast also, Black Eagles hype. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, being being the supreme emperor of Glorio, and uh, you know, having my uh, autocratic tendencies, I've also joined the uh, <laughs> the Black Eagles. As yeah. you would. Yes. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll get into some Fire Emblem chat in a bit, but uh, but yeah. So um, this is actually our first quote unquote normal episode of the Glorio chat of the season. So. Uh, if anyone's wondering what our plans are, we are actually watching some anime this season, unlike last season. So crazy. <laughs> we'll we'll have we'll have some anime to talk about. But I was enjoying doing kind of the news and other topics at the at the top of the show. So I want to keep that in there as well. So we're gonna kind of keep to the the freestyle format here of uh, you know covering covering that and and you know. But we we do have more actual anime to talk about on the back end as well. So. Uh, let's get started. Uh, as far as news goes, I did want to come back around to what has been, you know, the biggest news story in the anime world for the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, as far as the situation with Kyoto Animation. So um, this Thursday, the the police announced uh, released ten of the names of the victims. Uh, you know, they they had been waiting for you know permission from the families and making sure that was all clear. And um, so we have we have 10 of the names and I wanted to just kind of walk through and just mention them so that, you know, that, you know, they all they all, you know, deserve to be acknowledged and, you know, just mentioned for their their contributions. And, and uh, you know, there's a couple of them specifically I wanted to talk about. So um, I did not. Sorry, guys, I did not put the list in the notes, but I'll just kind of read them off here. Um We'll start with uh, Futoshi Nishia, who was um, a character director and uh, worked as a chief animation director on some of their other projects, uh, but he did character design on like 
Free and Hyoka and, and a lot of their other series, including like the most common uh, or, or not common, uh, <laughs> including the critically acclaimed recent uh, movies with Silent Voice and Liz and the Bluebird. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's um, a lot of recognizable work from uh, as far as the character, the anime character designs go on that. Um, I mean, that's just like all of these are, you know, just big losses. And, you know, I, I, I'm trying to focus on, I guess, on the positive aspects of, you know, the, the work these people have done, but it, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to, <laughs> it's kind of hard to get through without, you know, kind of thinking about how just tragic this whole situation is. But, um, but yeah, so we had Futoshi Nishia, as mentioned, there was uh, Yoshiji Kigami, who was a, a, a longtime industry veteran, uh, had, before the Kyoto, Anima- Kyoto Animation Days, had worked on uh, like as a key animator on like Akira, Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, they mentioned Space Adventure Cobra. You know some things you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, his role at Kyoto, Anima- Kyoto Animation was uh, primarily working as like a mentor and teacher in their internal training program. And he must have been doing a good job because they've had so much talent coming out of that studio. But he's also worked on in other areas, uh, you know, helping out in other areas as needed. Um, I, I want to personally shout out the because um, this is the first time I remember hearing his name was uh, he did, he did the, the the running scene in Sound Euphonium episode twelve where Kyoko is like running around the corner. That that was like a famous shot that's like extremely well animated um i know a lot of the shots i've seen from him there's a lot of like complex running and walking scenes and stuff like that but um but yeah just another another big loss um some of these other ones uh just going down the list uh junichi uda who worked as a key animator um uh, sachi suda who worked at in finnish animation uh, Mikiko Watsunabe, who served as uh, art director and um, background artist on many of the productions, which, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, maybe background art doesn't always get as much credit, but, you know, when it comes to like the, the technical quality on Kyoto Animation, they don't like skip on it, skimp on anything, right? And like, I've, I've always been impressed with their background work. And, uh, you know, she was responsible for a lot of that um she had like a big hand in violet evergarden as well which is you know regardless of what you say about that show it's pretty stunning so yes yes as far as far as the art direction um is concerned yeah like violet evergarden beyond the boundary also visually stunning um and then uh we have uh yuki omura and yuka kasama who were both brand new hires. I mean, that's kind of the toughest one to read, to be honest. Um, and then uh, uh, Ami Kuriki, who worked as a, a key animator on, on some of their more recent stuff. Um, and Keisuke Yokoda, who worked as a production manager on, on many of their projects. Um, and then I, I, I wanted to mention last, because it's kind of the the most recognizable name and probably the most I had to say uh, was Yasuhiro uh, Takamoto, 
yeah. who um, is, you know, between between him and uh, and Shihara, you know, they were their they were the two main directors for Kyoto Animation when they when they were moving over into becoming like their own, you know, uh, main lead production studio back in the early 2000s. And, you know, between the both of them, they have like, they, they basically established, you know, what we know you know, Kyoto animation as today, as far as like their house style. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to paint with like super broad brush here, but like, I always thought of it as like Ishihara bringing sort of the, the more kind of wacky comedy element stuff to it. Whereas Takemoto, I feel a lot of his style is what established what is arguably Kiwani's like most uh, recognizable trait, the sort of like slow, subtle nuance stuff that they have um, in their works. And I mean, you just need to you just look at his, you know, his resume, uh, you know, he, he did both of the, the full metal panic series that, that yeah. Kiwani did. Um, he saved lucky star. Uh, he did the, the some some of their most beautiful stuff. So like they had like the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, the that their first movie, um, the Hyoka, which for my money is one of the most beautiful television anime ever made, um, and uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, which again is just you know visually visually fantastic and well directed. Um, yeah. I mean. Uh, sorry if you'll allow me to interrupt real quick. Uh, no, go ahead, G. I mean, just listing all the works you just did, I think, really speaks to like the like the the diversity of like aesthetics that like he could so like capably handle. I mean, yeah, you know, very few artists out there are. I mean, it's already the sign, I think, of a great artist who can, you know, master one aesthetic, but you know, to be able to like go from you know something as niche as like the like really high quality hand-drawn you know uh, mecha animation of full metal panic to you know to lucky star to as you said hyoka and uh, dragon made it uh you know i th- i think i mean i think people have you know kind of know i've never like really quite uh gelled with kyoani's creative outputs but i've always you know kind of respected the like technical artistry that uh that studio could bring to the table uh and you know takamoto was kind of the uh, the embodiment i think of uh, of a lot of that i think um yeah definitely uh, he had he had so much to do with you know establishing you know their their style uh in those earlier days and you know and onward so i mean that's just uh a huge loss for for them for the animated industry and just you know uh, just tragic all around but um yeah and you know i again i'm trying to stay positive but it's it's hard to even think about this is only 10 of the names but yeah i mean it's less than a third and it's just awful to even consider like yeah like like you think about how deep of a tragedy is just listing out these 10 names and then the fact there are what as of this reporting now another 25 like mm-hmm. it's yeah unthinkable in a lot of ways yeah so um, uh again i think it's kind of a cold comfort you know that uh i think the support for the studio has been so uh yes there's so, been a so, uh, so positive i think um tremendous amount of support um a, a lot of the 
official channels for showing like financial support have opened up and there's been, you know, millions of dollars raised uh, to support the families. Um, and, you know, including uh, the the CEO of Kiwani, like just put a bank account number out there and said, you can just send it directly here. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, that's that that is a kind of a you know a positive take out of this and you know again we can only we can only hope that the you know the victims families and you know everyone can find a way to to keep moving forward so all right um not again like we said last week not a good way to transition out of this so let's just move along on to the other topic we wanted to talk about today um yeah, just shift gears. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I mean, there's no there's no easy way to do it. So. Yeah. Let's let's just rip, rip rip the bandaid off and keep moving here. Um, the the other thing we wanted want to talk about before we get to the anime, as we mentioned, is we had the release of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, that I I just has it been it's been yeah. more than, it's been more than a week, right? Like I'm yeah, trying to remember yeah. exactly when it, it was, came out. Uh, I don't know. Sixth. Fifth end of July. End a of week. July. Yeah. Okay, it's a week ish. Like, it's been no, like a, it doesn't feel like it's been a week. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> this game is so long. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. I, I work forty hours a week and I, I'm at thirty-five hours. So it's oh, almost okay. become my second job in the past uh <laughs> the past week. Or well, teaching teaching is a hard job. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's uh, it takes a lot of time. We'll take care of those children if not you. Yeah, yeah the, um, the, the children are the children are going to be all right, and it's up to us to uh, to guide them into in the right direction. Yeah, so this is uh this 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 is the the switch. It's a switch release, so we've we've moved on uh, from the the GBAs following or not GBAs. The 3DS, the 3DS ones, um, yes. and uh, and this one was a code. This one, I guess, was co-developed with Koei Tecmo. Is that? I believe that's the case. Which was uh, which yeah. raised, which I did not know coming into it, and shame. And um, it was funny because. I think one of the weaknesses of the game is like some of the background art and stuff. Oh yeah, this game kind of looks like fucking shit. Yeah, like, it's not. I was like, this, this, I like, this doesn't seem like Nintendo's normal standards. And I'm like, these look like a, like backgrounds from a Dynasty Warriors game. And then I was like, well, yes. let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so um, you know, it's it's definitely the one weak part of that game. But I think otherwise, I yeah. think all of us. Are kind of in agreement that. Uh, so I, I just want I just want to say first, like for me personally, like the first like hour or so of the game does not make a very strong impression. Like between like uh, the technical quality and some of the stuff that goes down, I'm like, so like I was actually questioning, did I make a mistake in paying sixty dollars for this or whatever? And <laughs> and but once once it gets going and sinks its teeth into you, um, it's pretty good. A game doesn't let go afterward. Yeah. Know? There is a a lot going yeah. on. Um, if, if you t- if you think about, um, I mean, it feels like. So I, I don't have like a ton of Fire Emblem experience, but it feels like uh, there's a. It it almost doesn't feel like a Fire Emblem game in that I feel like the at, at least fifty percent of the game is running around talking to people and not so much the doing the talking on the battlefield. 
Uh, I think this yeah. game proves my thesis that you could take the like gameplay format of the Persona series and apply it to multitude of genres yeah, and have it cool. have it turn out pretty well. I mean, I'm still waiting for my Mass Effect spin-off about Garrus's T second adventures <laughs> on the Citadel that is in a Persona format. You know, just uh yeah. <laughs> you have pers- yeah. You know, arrests arrests lead to intimacy. Right. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, I suppose it is almost, it almost, I mean, aside from the actual, like, fighting part, like, the format is much more like a Persona game than a Fire Emblem game. Uh, there's a lot of running around school, talking to people and giving them things and spending, and you have to yeah. manage your time and all that. Uh, yeah, I guess the difference is there's, like, I don't even know how many social links. I still don't know all the characters, if we're being honest. Um, I'm now at the point where, like, if you say somebody's name, I can generally tie a face to it. But yeah. There yeah. are a lot of characters in that game, you know? And I think, you know, so for people who aren't, like, are not familiar with the game, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, kind of the basic, like, structure of it is kind of a, is I mean, this is reductive, but it is sort of a Harry Potter Hogwarts style, like, academy, <laughs> where you basically become the professor of one of the three houses. And... Um, each house has, I think, eight students, and uh, yeah. and I think that this format actually works surprisingly well because, like, in past Fire Emblem games, you would eventually recruit, you know, essentially a veritable army of named, you know, unique units, and I think kind of starting you out with a, a house of a limited number, you can eventually recruit uh, students from other houses, but at the beginning, it's you, the professor, and you know your gaggle of students. And I think, I think personally for me, it does a really good job of, uh, at least in my playthrough where I'm playing Golden Deer, uh, endearing you to those students, you know, yeah. and they're, uh, you know, they're kind of very like specific types of anime archetypes. Um, I know that in my experience, <laughs> I, I went to Golden Deer kind of like thinking, all right, like some of these guys look like fucking goobers, but also Leone is on this ha- team. So <laughs> I guess this is where I'm going. But I think it does something cool. Like, I, I think this happened kind of naturally. Like, it never felt forced. But just, like, over the course of, like, the dozens of hours I played, I was like, you know what? I I love all you kids equally. Like, you're all, hmm. you're all, all right. You know? Like... <laughs> you, your house doesn't have fucking Felix and Sylvain in it. That's um, true. My house does not have a bunch of... I mean, just like... my house has the Lorenz. So, like, let's not get it twisted. Well, <laughs> like... Okay, I, I admit I've not interacted much with Lorenz, being Blue Lions, but is he as a grade, like, double-plus, a double-plus asshole as No, Felix no, no. Sylvain? So, I mean, I think, I think the difference between Lorenz and, like, guys like Felix and Sylvain is that, like, Lorenz is more of a a comically ineffectual creep than, like, an actual, like, creep or an asshole. <laughs> and so it kind of defangs him a fair amount. But also, like, even him. Like, I was totally ready to be like, oh, man, dude, you gotta fuck off. Like, I don't want to deal with you at all. But, like, over the course of that game, I was like, you know what? This kid's learning. He start. he's, he, he was a, he was a, he, at the beginning of this game, he was a kid. He was a child. He, he didn't understand, like, how the world works or how relationships work or, like, how common decency works. But, like, over the course of, like, my tutelage and, like, interacting with other students, both noble and commoner alike, you know, he's growing into, like, a well-rounded young man. And I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I was so surprised that Lorenz would end up being one of, like, my personal standouts in my class. I think all of his A-rank um, supports are actually surprisingly really sweet. 
and kind of sincere. Like, I feel like, you know, I, I, I have saves come to see different A-rank supports because that is <laughs> the kind of person I am. And, like, it's kind of weird that, like, the same supports that, like, Lorenz has with a character that Claude might, like, Claude's are still very, like, jokey and, like, kind of unpersonal or impersonal. Whereas, like, Lorenz kind of, like, fully puts his whole heart out there in a way that I'm like, damn, kid, all right, you're... Like, you learned something. You learned something over the past year. Like, I'm proud of you, kid. And, like, you know, even the rest of my house. Like, you know, I got this dude in my house named Raphael. He's, like, a commoner dude. Uh, he's the one who's, like, so buff that his shirt doesn't fit him. Mm-hmm. Like, the shirt is, like, just, just stretching around his barrel-chested, like, torso. Yes. And every single fucking support conversation with that dude is gold. Like, he might be the closest this game has to, like, a Donald-like character, where every support with him is like, now I'm just a folksy, wiz- you know, commoner with my common sense wisdom, but I think, and then, like, manages to teach the uppity noble an important lesson about friendship or mm-hmm. classism or something. Yeah. You know? I think it's, it's been really entertaining. Yeah, I one of the things I wanted to mention, I think it's pretty neat, I, I feel like they didn't just dump high school kids and give them, you know, Renaissance fair clothes. Like they, <laughs> they, they actually like a lot of the supports and like storylines are taking into consideration, like the medieval setting. Like a lot of the girls yeah. are concerned about getting married off for political reasons. That would be a realistic yeah. concern, right. For, for that, for that type of setting. I mean, it's not like a real medieval setting, but it's a lot of the same kind you of know, anime medieval setting. Right. A lot of, people wear the fancy clothes, but don't have to worry about like internal plumbing or, or, or electricity. Right. So. <laughs> you know, and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the kids in this account, Academy are you know are part of some kind of royal house or something that you know they have you know their concerns about you know you know their obligations for that you know how that impacts them how it's already impacted them a lot of them you know they're they get like discarded from their families because you know they, they don't you know have political value or whatever so right. I, I like i appreciate it but but the, but the, their personalities are still like kind of like normal kids right but 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 there's they're taking account this the setting into their backstory i think in a, they, they do like a pretty decent job of of fleshing out these characters bearing in mind you get like very short bursts of like five to ten sentences at a time yeah mm-hmm. um, yeah so like yeah it it is kind of astonishing how many of the characters in that game you you get to learn a lot about like how 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 they would actually feel in particular scenarios i will say though that uh as a black eagles player that hubert is irredeemable trash and yes (laughs) yes we really i i i've heard that is come around on hubert no but i don't know those are just people who are like too into like shipping him with ferdinand together so you got to uh yeah you got to raise an eyebrow if anybody is defending hubert i think (laughs) it's everyone picking black eagles like literally everyone outside of this crew i've spoken to about that game is picked black eagles i mean i don't mean to use this term to in a derogatory manner but let's be real black eagles is the normie house (laughs) the fucking cops yeah like it is a literally the cops and i say that with a capital l they are b the house also with a capital h you know the establishment the man all with capital letters (laughs) and they're also the waifu house you know we well okay Bernadetta, um, we do have, face Dorothea, we do like, have, well, before we get into the waifus, uh, 
Chris, why did you pick Black Eagles? Because I think you started before any of us, right? Yeah, uh, because I was going to play as a female main character, and there are two lesbian options in that group. In that group, so all right, got it. You can that's, romance that regard. Yeah, that feels like a legitimate choice. Then, uh, sure, right, sure, sure. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Did, did um, did you guys pick uh, the male or female MC? I, I picked a male character. I picked male. Okay, the rest I was gonna I was gonna do you can plus. Okay, yeah. The, the rest of us picked one first. Lady Byler. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah. I I just picked them because I it I I felt like it was you know joking about the authoritarian stuff aside the <laughs> I I thought it 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 sounded like it was going to be a more interesting story. Um, yeah. Like I I wasn't like mm-hmm. I was like because because you. They kind of give you hints that like Black Eagles is like the the, the Empire, um, the blue the blue uh, lions are like the Goody Two Shoes Holy Kingdom whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, also the racists it, uh-huh. right, and then and then and then and then like the Golden Deer are, like the the fun ones right, so see like everybody everybody keeps keeps, like here's the thing i I don't you're not like wrong to a certain extent a lot of the golden deer's appeal is kind of like the very like sincere heart that house has because of it's like noble like it's very high noble commoner mix so you have a lot you know so like a lot of the concerns in that house and the support conversations are not i mean there is still that whole like oh alliance politics stuff but then there's also a lot of just like hey what are like the concerns of the of the of the common people are going to inherently be like you know not less significant but like smaller in scale now that said everybody keeps characterizing it as like oh like blue lions is like the goody two shoes house like black eagles are the real heroes of the story and then like golden deer are hufflepuff but like they're the party fucking, animals but let me fucking tell you i i i am in the like post time skip like it, you know, part of the Golden Deer's route. Spoilers, there's a the time you, skip. Yes, let me tell you, like, <laughs> that that route ain't light anymore. That route is now, like, the Golden Deer's coming to the horrifying realization that they are the only sane people left on this continent. Yeah, well, before we get into uh, too many spoilers here, uh, I, I will just... I will just say, uh, as far as picking the Black Eagles, like... So if you if, if if that's kind of the general impression that I got in the beginning, whether that ends up being accurate or not, I was like, well, okay. So if me as ostensibly go a, a good guy, uh, you know, <laughs> coming into this with all those qualifications, yes. And- from from what again, this is good. I knew nothing about this game coming into it. I, I played it completely, started completely blind. So just starting because you pick, you get like a little prologue, and you you kind of like get two seconds to meet the characters and everything and then you have to kind of make a decision so just based on the limited information i had i'm like okay so if i'm supposed or i'm supposedly supposed to be a good guy or i'm assuming as a player character you have the option to be a good guy like what's going to happen if i join the empire like i felt like that was going to be an interesting story so that's kind of oh oh you're 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 an internal reformer I yeah well, let me let me change let me system. change things from the inside right but yeah, uh yeah that, uh, that always that always works. always works it's always an effective yes, i will i will join the jackboot fascists because i believe that after <laughs> a couple decades of genocide and warmongering that i'll be able to fix the system yeah and that will uh justify and invalidate the decades of widespread suffering caused by my hand sure um so yeah that's a point edelgard has a weird uh, has a bad childhood 
Uh, I think, yeah. I mean, spoilers, I think all three of them that, at least uh, people have heard. But I mean, it does make uh, everything. I think every character in this game has a pretty bad childhood, honestly. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'll, I will leave it at that. So, um, the real answer, of course, why everybody picks Black Eagles is because they have the best waifus, though, so. Yeah, yeah and I poached them all for my house. So. Actually, I, I same as here. I, you know what? Everybody's like, oh, Bernadetta, I love her fucking anxious millennial energy. Well, guess what? Now she ha- she can channel all that anxious millennial energy amongst all of these like smaller nobles and commoners that won't judge her for it. So Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, totally. So I guess that does lead to the broader question, though, then, you know, who who are the the best waifus and husbandos who who, who's everybody tough who's everybody picking because honestly i have on it yeah what what uh um it's to the adult adult women in the in the cast the knights shamir and catherine they're uh, pretty pretty cool cool. like talk Uh, to shamir and she says she loves being a knight because she can punch as many nobles as she wants Yes, yes, very yeah. good. Uh, it's like, yeah, all right. I, I have a soft spot for uh, kind of Manuela just constantly channeling that, like, low-key Kawakami energy of just, like, <laughs> being a teacher, but also completely not having her life together in oh, the slightest. Mess. Yes, just a very hot mess. Um, I, again, like, I joked, you know, or I was, like, half-joking before, but, like, at least in Golden Deer House, like, you know, I'm not gonna, like, you know, or I, I don't even have the option to pursue them romantically, but, like, Lorenz and Raphael kind of weirdly ended up being the standouts of uh, Golden Deer, at least, like, personality-wise and, like, character growth-wise. Um, you know, I think uh, Leone is great. She's a fantastic unit. Um, y'all ever want a fucking Falcon True. Knight with a defense of 23? Uh, let me introduce you to Leone. <laughs> um but uh, personality-wise, all of her support conversations are kind of samey, regardless of who she supports. I mean, she'd, she'd rather bone your dad than you. Yeah, she... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah, that's definitely the vibe I got from our support combos, is like, well, Teach, I'm basically just kind of projecting my affections for your dad onto you, and it's like, hmm, this is taking a direction. <laughs> what, uh... But, uh Chris, since you're 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 also farther along, probably about as far mm-hmm. along as G, what uh what the waifu or husband though did you uh, end up going with? Uh, I I will caveat this first by saying that the only character that wasn't a teacher that I recruited was Sylvain because he apparently just joined you regardless. He fucking uh, would that yeah fucking yeah. dirtbag. Uh, if you're a, if you're playing as female Byleth, he will yes. join you without a fight. Uh, <laughs> yes, which is very funny to me. Of course he would. That, yes, actually, that yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> it's in character. So I like outside of the Black Eagles, I don't really know what everyone's social links are because even Sylvain's have remained in the dark because I'm just not using him. Huh, um, right. But within Black Eagles, huh. it would be like a toss up between Bernadetta and Petra. Like they, Bernadetta is. As, as cliche as a lot of her stuff is, she has a pretty interesting backstory once you get into it. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so, the only way to put it. Was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, do, they do attempt to explain why she is the way she is. Um, but yeah, Petra's pretty rad. Like, yeah. The, shout out to Dorothea's like 
contempt for the nobility. Um, yes, yes. Uh, Dorothea is, <laughs> I think, has some pretty good roasts on the nobles in a lot of her support I, I think one of my favorite uh, supports so far was Dorothea with uh, Ferdinand and, uh, you know, Ferdinand's trying to figure out, you know, why do you hate me so much? Because Ferdinand's like, nobles are great. You know, we're going to help everybody. And Dor- so Dorothea <laughs> is like constantly annoyed with him. And so he's trying to figure it out and, and uh, you know, He's like one of the supports. He comes back later. And is like I figured it out, and he's like, and and she's like, oh, so did you like renounce your title and give up all your money? And uh, he's like, no, I baked cookies. <laughs> uh, that, that, you know, I, I, we joke, but that is channeling a lot of Mittermeier energy. Yeah, uh, right there. Well, we could um, probably go on a whole tangent about the <laughs> the Legend of Galactic Heroes parallels we've established, yes. but. Uh, but yeah, I yeah the the Black Eagles uh, waifu game is strong. Not so much on the husbando end though. Uh, mm, nah, so they all kind of I... uh, sorry, what, Chris? I just they they all kind of suck. Yeah, like all the dudes in the. Um, I, mean, gonna... I I I, thought I I recruited Caspar and some of his support conversations are. <clears throat> Are, are pretty entertaining if just in the like anime meathead way, but uh, I will agree that you don't want you don't want to hook up with Caspar though. No, nah, Caspar is cool, but he's like he's your cool little brother. He's you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's guy. an idiot, but he is an idiot in the way that like I can enjoy because at least he's not a creep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna shout out uh, Dudu, uh, who is just your like dutiful husbando who cooks and sews. He also and- likes to garden. Indeed, uh, just he's also a racial minority, and every almost everyone in the house ha- like hates him <laughs> for yeah. for being black. <laughs> like basically, yes, <laughs> it's it's a based on what you described about Dudu's uh, support conversations. I feel like uh, I'm certainly curious to see some of that for myself if I ever do a Blue Lions run. Um, it's uh, I, I mean from. From from what I can tell, like if I were to theoretically say do a new game plus with uh, the female main character, I'd probably go after Dimitri. Just saying, but he he is I mean, uh, he is a hot noble, nice guy, hot nice guy with the seething angst uh, that's ready oh, to uh-huh. explode. I mean, when you yeah, at some I'm point. Still that, still waiting yeah, for that. Yeah, drop. if you want, Felix I mean, takes the side I mean, and is I'd, like, I'd be into that. This don't, don't, don't be fooled by his princeliness. He's a he's a wild animal. Yes, if you want your full Otome like healing route, uh, <sighs> I hear that uh, uh, female Byleth with Dimitri is the way to go for that. <laughs> oh, so uh, uh, I, I, just, I should also yeah. say that if you're playing Black Eagles, like male or female, the only correct answer is Dorothea, even though I didn't name her earlier. Everyone else is whatever. Dorothea is pretty great. Yeah, no, yeah. Dorothea is uh, is top tier. Uh, I'm the sad. Suck and Dorothea deserves it. She uh, <laughs> she loses the hat in the time skip, which I no. think is, uh deeply unfortunate. Oh, you you spoiled the entire game for me now, G. I'm not. I don't even want to play. Don't worry, man. Sorry, Jill. There's no reason for you Where's to keep playing. I'm just gonna delete my save now. Yeah, there is no reason to keep playing your Black Eagles round because Dorothea loses the hat, uh, and uh, after that, what's the point? There's no reason to live. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm actually surprised 
how much I'm enjoying it, which I don't know why, because I, I've enjoyed the previous Fire Emblems I've played. I haven't played a lot. I've only played one of the GBA ones and then Awakening. Um, but the, I mean, this feels like I don't know. G, do you have any? Do you have any uh, feel for like how? <laughs> I know the old school. The old school Fire Emblem fans have uh, long kind of uh, accepted their fate on the turn Fire Emblem has taken. <laughs> but like, is this like an even further turn away? Because I feel like it's it's both a further turn away from the old stuff with like a more emphasis on the the, the dating sim thing, but also mechanically, I feel like it's more complex than Awakening was. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, as I, you know, I don't mean to speak for the entire old school Fire Emblem fan base here. Of course, you know, as always, fan bases are always going to be divided on this thing. But I would actually say that uh, for the most part, I think the fan base is actually taking quite well to Three Houses. Uh, for a lot of people, actually, uh, they're kind of seeing certain aspects of th- Three Houses. Uh, you know, we talk about how it is getting further away from like what OG Fire Emblem is, but I would also actually say compared to Fates um, and Awakening to a lesser extent, that Three Houses is actually kind of a a return to form in a couple of key areas. Um, You know, I'm I'm not going to try and explain the entire reason for the resentment against Fates, but generally the people, the, the issue old school fans had with Fates, I think most old school fans were fine with awakening like they didn't perhaps love it but they did like you know a lot of the the new ideas it introduced i think the problem people had with fates is that it took a lot of what awakening did and pushed it even further in that direction like you know because i think you know fates kind of just doubled down on awakening right more more matchmaking more baby making you know all that stuff right and you know combined with like the like not very well written story you know, not to say that like Fire Emblem games have ever been like paragons of narrative, but <laughs> Fates was like particularly poorly written. I mean, I'm enjoying this and, one. I mean, yeah, yeah. And so I think Three Houses, like one of the important things I think it does do is, uh, like the relationships are important, but they are not important in the like immediacy of the game. You know, like when you hit A rank with two students, they don't immediately like pop out a kid who shows up in a portal. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like, like the, the, and because they're not all like explicitly romantic, I think there is more variety in the support conversations in Three Houses. Like the problem, I think like Awakening like started this, but wasn't egregious. Then Fates kind of went full in on this is that like, there was a pressure that, oh, because every single like, you know, opposite gender, uh, a support conversation has to end in, in a, in a kid coming out, like they had to be explicitly romantic, right? No matter what the two characters' personalities were, it eventually had to turn into, like, let's make babies. But because Three Houses doesn't have that emphasis, you know, I've seen some of the A-rank supports, you know, both between, like, you know, two male characters, two female characters, or, like, opposite genders. And, like, they're still close. They're still intimate in the way, in in some ways, but they're, it's not intimate in the way that, like, those older games were, right? It's more like, a lot of them are more like a, a deep friendship or like, you know, a, a mutual caring for each other, you know, that could eventually turn into romance someday, but like, right. you know, not in the moment. And I think that aspect actually has been working out really well. Uh, in terms of the battles, I think that this game has introduced some fun new mechanics like the battalion system that have, like, introduced some new uh, interesting mechanical uh, uh, complexities to uh, Fire Emblem's battles. Uh, 
I would say overall, like, I think this is the take that I have that I think does mirror, like, a lot of the Fire Emblem, like, kind of, you know, quote-unquote hardcore fan base, is that Three Houses is a really, really neat uh, novel take on the series, and I do hope that future Fire Emblems take uh, inspiration from it. I think the thing we would not want, however, is, like, literally just another Fire Emblem that takes place in a school. But, yeah. like, if the next Fire Emblem takes lessons from Three Houses, like, if the next Fire Emblem is also about, like, warring factions that you have to choose sides between, or, like, there is still that, like, management sim aspect of it, you know, but maybe doesn't take place explicitly bleh, explicitly at a school, Yeah, I think this is an interesting direction to go. I think the worry is just that, like, Fates... Like, the mistake Fates made is, like, it was literally just kind of a rehash of, like, what Awakening did. Right. And I think people are hoping that, like, instead this time people will look at Three Houses, you know, and, like, take lessons from it, but will not just, like, copy the entire format wholesale. Right. Um, the, the thing I'm really interested in so far is hearing exactly how different the Three Roots are because, or, like, how differently stuff is put into context yeah we, we, um, we've been depending on who you're hanging out with dancing or, comparing notes yeah because <laughs> iroh i mean you basically picked blue lions just because g and i had already picked the yes. other two right just so we can kind of compare notes right so like an interesting early yeah yeah it was early for me to go through like interesting for me to go through like early story missions where i'm like is this the same story mission as you guys had? Because my character, like the people in my house have a personal, like a very personal stake in some of these missions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like right. this person is directly related to this person. You got the same mission. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is interesting. You know, I mean, I think, I think that's actually another area where three houses succeeds. Whereas like fates, like fates was widely criticized because, especially because of its Pokemon format of like fates conquest or fates, birthright or whatever and then you had fate's revelations which was like the third true route and like where everybody gets to team up for common good or yeah and like i think three houses makes the right choice of like combining all three of those like of the three possible factions and routes into one game i think i think that makes it i I think in general that's just a much like more consumer friendly move i think that that encourages players to do multiple routes you know whereas like with the pokemon format you pick Birthright, you pick Conquest, like, you don't really t- choose the other because that's another full-priced video game. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, like, for me personally, like, I'm enjoying this game so much that, like, I don't know if I have three full playthroughs of this game yeah. in me. I, I, I'm not sure about that, but I do think I will probably play, maybe, because I hear the New Game Plus, like, mode does do a lot of stuff to make the early parts of the game go by much faster. I could see myself doing at least maybe a second route uh, eventually. Yeah. And I would not have done that if that was like twenty dollar DLC, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of curious. I would, I would want to know like how much more um, content you're going to see playing the other routes to if, to know if it's going to be worth me investing another you know fifty hours of my time in. Um, right. Which I don't want to know right now because I don't want to spoil anything. But once I once I get through this playthrough, I, I'll probably look more into that. But that has led to some interesting conversations between the three of us. Uh, right, like I think I asked you guys. Like I got a I got some character revelation spoiler that was told to me by 
one of the characters and I was like, that was related to some stuff in the other houses. And I was just like, did you guys, did either of you hear this? <laughs> and you're both like, no. Yeah, no, I think that's really so, interesting. Yeah. yeah I, uh... Um, we, we, we did all still get the same cut scene for that ball dance though yes uh, i don't know me, i haven't gotten there yet so that, that makes me extremely happy <laughs> as a golden deers player i had just assumed that they had made three versions of that cut scene with each house leader Stupid, sexy no, quad winking at me yes yeah. yes which just continues very attractive that's true to prove that like everybody's like oh dimitri what a hottie but actually uh, I, um, I think i think i think everybody's sleeping on claude no yeah, everybody is uh <laughs> everybody wants to sleep with claude maybe but uh i'm thinking no no, no pretty... was, you didn't let me finish yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say but i think give it a week or so and everyone's gonna be sleeping sorry, on claude if you get my meaning I stole your, but, I stole uh, your joke there i'm sorry you stole my um <laughs> <laughs> Claude is Claude's great. He's I, I initially did not think I was gonna like his like you know more like lighthearted like personality, but uh it it works it works well for his arc and like the kind of like story that Golden Deer is uh going in. One more one more question and then we gotta move on to anime stuff. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Chris, what difficulty are you playing on? Uh it is the permadeath but normal. Whatever those, whatever that translates to. Okay, interesting. Sure. It's a normal casual, right? And then yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and then I think it's I think it's normal and hard, and then classic and casual. Right. And G, you're playing hard, and you're playing classic as well, or I'm actually playing hard casual. So, oh, okay, so you're playing hard uh, casual, you know, and, and Chris yeah. is playing normal classic. <laughs> yes, because I want I wanted I want the tactical challenge, or you know, more of a tactical challenge from the game. But I also recognize that I'm a wimp, and I can't bear to watch my precious students die. So yeah, um, I, uh, I think I think we're both doing yeah, casual and, normal. And, yeah, me, me and I are both doing casual normal because I, I I'm kind of regretting picking i fucking can't be asked to like actually yeah <laughs> actually like I, I, I know i definitely don't want the permadeath but i'm kind of regretting picking normal because it feels like I think that game's really too easy, easy. Like, i i i have uh at, right now i i don't know if this would change on hard but edelgard is an invincible axe murder machine and has not taken damage in the past like 10 battles um i mean I think my, my, my 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 understanding is that all three of the lords given enough levels eventually go in that direction just uh yeah so my, my I, I just did the penultimate battle and my entire team just wiped the floor with the opposing army so yeah uh, I, I would probably recommend hard mode. Yeah, if I, I, I was, I would still keep on casual because I don't, I don't want to mess with the permadeath stuff. Although even that, sure. even that, because gee, you, we were talking about this before, is kind of mitigated a bit with the with the, uh, the divine pulses. Yes, yes. So, now, uh... I, I just as one more thing to the game's credit, I feel like they've found a variety of ways for people to play it that everybody's going to enjoy it like one way or the other right like if you really want totally. a challenge yeah. you know they, they you can make it challenging and they, they started that in awakening when when they took the permadeath out right but like just i feel like right. i feel like this has even more control over how you want to play it yeah i think i think i think the i think generally the more options here is working out for fire emblem you know like if you want to do hard classic like reset the mission every time somebody <laughs> dies like you are totally free to do that right but i think i think the divine pulse is good because like here's the thing 
every old school Fire Emblem player in the goddamn universe will admit, in the old GBA games and even older like Fire Emblem games, you know, if you lost a character, you you just reset the whole map. Yep. You would because like mm-hmm. you don't want to lose anybody, yep. and so like that Divine Pulse like is a good like limited way to like save you the time make <laughs> save you that time basically because here's the thing you're gonna do you're gonna replay that whole map right. you're gonna get to the exact same spot anyway so you might as well just like because here's the, thing, the ai the ai in fire emblem is not like that complex like you make the same moves in the same map yeah the ai is gonna do roughly the, the exact same thing so you might as well just go back like a yeah. turn or we two know you're to, gonna like, do it so let's just give you the tool yeah. to save you the extra 20 minutes yes because i mean here's the thing old school fire emblems could easily be as long as three houses but that's because you spent all that time God, I'm, thinking of, maps to like, I'm thinking of like there, there was one map on the and the the gb I, I didn't play i forget i forget which gba one i played it was the first one i think that came out in america but yeah with the Hector, and Hector, yeah and I, I just remember one specific battle where you had like the ambush ambush appear out of nowhere from the spawn point so then just destroy your uh, back line and i'm just yeah. and I'm like, i think i turned off the game for like a month after that <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah those, those games could get pretty fucking yeah so i don't i don't want to relive that and they've put in the but if you want to if that's how you want to play that's you know that's there so yeah, totally yeah all right so yeah good game go check that out yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, yeah, same here. Let's get to, uh, let's get to some anime. So sure, I guess we could do that too. Uh, well, assuming Fire Emblem is not anime, when in reality it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll probably rotate around shows we want to talk about, but I wanted to add yeah. in... Speaking of anime trash, yeah, I wanted to add add in a uh, lightning round of the anime trash that I'm only I'm watching. Uh, and uh, just give a very quick rundown of what's going on with these shows. So we'll, we'll start with uh, the ones within that was the, the, the YouTube let's player uh, survival horror show. If anybody forgot, because it has the most generic title ever and nobody's watching it. But uh, I, of course I was watching that because of the absolutely bizarre first three episodes. And they kind of let me down <laughs> in episode four with, Oh yeah. What was by this show standard is a pretty conventional story. They go to like this medieval Japanese village setting where they have to sacrifice a young maiden to the demons in the woods so the village can be saved. And our heroes come in as you do. Our heroes come in, uh-huh. but surprise twist: the the old man and his granddaughter that invited them are actually the demons, and they get kidnapped. Uh, and for some reason, they thought this was important enough to make two episodes, which the second, the second one's going to air tomorrow, so I don't know what happens yet. So, I, by this, like I said, by this show's standards, I was like, yeah, that's a pretty boring conventional plot line here. I need to see more out of that. I mean, so that's a thing, right? Like, is this a show that you think is still worth keeping with? I mean, for, like, your well, entertainment purposes? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we're, I'm already on episode five at this point, so I'm already almost halfway, which is great. I guess, but, yes, um, when you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of... Th- there's other stuff going on in the background, like, with, like, the characters and stuff that they're trying to work on their relationships. Like, I kind of like that it's, like, an ensemble... Like, it, it's an ensemble cast and, like... I like I like shows where like the cast is not the and the, the cast is not the enemy like it's not a lot of fighting between themselves it's like them trying to figure out how to beat the real enemy type of thing. Um, okay. So 
I mean, it, it's it's fine in that regard, but I, I do want to see more like crazy stuff like hatching a panda bear schoolgirl out of an egg. And I am still thinking about that. <laughs> still, um, still see that in my sleep sometimes. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So moving along, uh, I'm still watching Given, which is not trash. I just lumped it in here because I'm the only one watching it. Um, this is the, Given is which this one is again? the this sorry, is the uh, shows this is the boys love band anime. Um, ah uh, yes. And yes. Does, did he learn what a band yes. is yet? So I, I it's finally they, they I feel like I don't know if it's been getting better or I've just adjusted my expectations or whatever. But I, I feel like there's been less of the main guy being an airheaded idiot and more of like progress in the story and stuff but there, there's a lot i mean there's a lot going on like you have like the, the the band stuff which i love um you know as you know he's learning to play guitar and they find out that he sings like an angel and they're kind of arranging you know setting up the band feeling each other out getting equipment stuff like they had in the latest episode like you can tell the author plays guitar and like knows how bands work and stuff because like they had um one moment where the guy it's like the first time he ever plugs in and and uses overdrive on his guitar and like the magic of that feeling uh is uh is like i can honestly say i don't even know what that is normally normally when your guitar when even an electric guitar when you plug it into an amp it just sounds like clean and nice and pretty but when you click overdrive that's when you get the crunchy distortion sound for like rock music and oh, okay. And it's, I thought it was when you tilt your plastic guitar up. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's star power. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Mm. So um, that, that that is a very magical feeling if you've ever experienced that, and they kind of made sure to add that in. So stuff like that is neat. You've got the I like the relationship between the two main guys, which is like the slowest burn romance ever. But it's like this, you know, very slow building type of relationship with. Um, the other guy who's kind of like the more relatable main character that I talked about, uh, is like, just like this really genuinely nice guy. There's no, like, he doesn't try to like hide it or anything. He's not like a a tsundere or something. Like he's like legitimately a nice person and trying to help this like airhead dude. Um, and you know, they've been diving into the airhead dudes, like tragic backstory. Like he found some old, like they're just, they haven't really told us much other than like, he's one of his old friends ran into him and was like, what you're playing music. And they don't give any other context. Um, Oh no. And then, uh, the, the, this episode ended with the girl, this girl in, uh, the airhead guys class that likes him is jealous that he's hanging out with this other dude. No, no. Talking about she, her friend is like, I heard rumors about that guy that imply that, you know, maybe he's gay or something like that. So they're moving in that direction too. And, uh, I guess icing on the cake, they have like their cool senpais in the band. So, um, that they kind of get their own little sub stories, but, uh, you know, maybe the real reason I'm actually watching is that the one guy has a hot older sister too, but, um, Oh, yeah, sure, sure. So there's a lot. You should have just you should have just led with that, Joe. Yeah. So there, there's a lot going on, and and I feel like they're like the first maybe one or two episodes. I didn't feel like it was like well written and put together, but it kind of feels like they're stabilizing and putting it together better now. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of enjoying it now. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, and then finally. 
Are you still watching? Against my better judgment, I went back and watched more of the Do You Love Your Mom and her two-hit multi-target attacks. Do you still love your mom? So, I thought mom used swords and not gauntlet weapons. She does. Uh, Yes. It took me a second to unravel that joke, Iroh, but I get it. Uh, (laughs) So, I I was, like, ready to bail on episode two because they went into some extremely gross... uh, the, the extremely gross slime scene bit. Um, and they've balanced the scales back out where there's not really any of that happening. I guess they got it out of their system or whatever. Um, I mean, is that just for now? They, they had like, they had like a bath scene in episode three, but what anime comedy doesn't have a bath scene. And then um, fair enough. Episode, episode four did not have like any fan service, but instead so they've been setting up for the first arc a showdown with uh, one of the party members' moms. So I guess in this game, like everybody's mom is here. Wait, wait, what? Uh, the, okay. the, the whole point of the game is like it's designed to have kids uh, like make up with their moms if they're not getting along or something. There is some that is, <laughs> I, I I need to read the gamesindustry.biz article. It's just in beta right now, G. We're not sure if this is going to work yeah, out. I, I have some questions about like the ideologies and, and thoughts of whoever created this video game. Yeah, so, because, uh, so whereas the main guy and his mom, he just kind of acts like a brat sometime and they make up. Uh, one of his party members have bigger issues with their mom. And so uh, her, her mom has gone off the deep end and has turned into like a, a villain. But the problem is she's also like super overpowered, just like main mom. So this is, sets us up for like a mom, uh, mom power, overpowered mom showdown uh, in episode four. Uh, which <laughs> I can't even, be- I cannot even believe what I am hearing from you. Right <laughs> which is about as ridiculous as it sounds because the evil mom walks around or moves around, uh, carried by a throne of uh, half naked muscular NPC men. And, uh, ah, fire force. And yes, she has, she, she, she's, she's more magic specced. So they have like a showdown in episode four and it's, yeah, mildly entertaining, I suppose. Um, so. I, I look forward to your mm. blog post after episode six. It says, why did I keep watching this? Yeah, it's after it's only a matter of time happened. before we get another. Uh... I don't I don't know, man. Jell, I got to be real with you. I think you're already in. The, you're, you are already in the like danger zone. Oh, yes. Where, I'm like, well you aware. Are too, you are you are too into an or you're too like not, I don't mean like you are into the anime, but you are. You are watched too much of the anime to like effectively pull out. Now. We, like we've all seen this time and time again. You know? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in too deep now. Probably. Like, there's a reason the three episode rule exists because you can pull out by third episode. You know, I've... like once you get to like sixth or seventh, yeah. like your fucking brains just subconscious like justification like protocols start to activate. Yeah, we're on, we're on like, four well, now, so it's yeah. we're past the I'm past the threshold. Yes. So um, I'll see you all in hell, and uh, we'll we'll uh-huh. see how that goes. Um. All right, so let's move on to shows that other people have watched. Actually, have have uh, Chris, you've been watching Omidians in your Savage season, right? I have. Okay, so we've both been keeping up with that. I don't. I don't. Gee, you stopped watching, right? 
I confess I must stop. Yes, yeah. and I, I, I think I think I made it pretty clear, you know, why I did, you know, last tip podcast is just uh, yeah, it's a lot for, for a lot of the same reasons I stopped reading the manga as well. Yeah, but, uh, um, I, I'm still watching with the Zig and Aqua guys. Okay, okay, Ira, you're still watching. Okay, are, have you are you caught up? Uh, I don't know if I've seen this week's episode, but because okay. they're they're all the way up to five now on, on that one, um. Yeah, broadly, I would say the show's been good. Um, it feels like, to me, several different animes mashed into one. Like any of the, <laughs> like any of the the girls could like be spun off into their own like story or something. <laughs> um, well, maybe some of them wouldn't be able to carry, but like the, you know, you you've got. I I still haven't memorized all their names other than causes a the main girl who's i mean you can just describe them based on like their archetypes yeah like everybody kind of have their, you know we had, we had her uh you know being the the the, the most down-to-earth i guess relatable type of story where you know she's got her thing going on with her childhood friend and you know figuring that all out you had the the glasses girl who is no longer glasses girl now and in, in in the i've taken off my glasses and i'm now hot plot line <laughs> Um, oh, you mean Sonazaki? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, then, I wrote uh, the name down. I didn't remember either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't remember any of the names. But uh, so she's got that thing going, and I guess she's now has a boyfriend. Uh, but, uh, but then um, – and then you have uh, the blonde girl, and they kind of dove into her story in episode five, which – Maybe more problematic than the. Oh, uh, the have they got into the like uh, the her, like, child actress stuff? Yeah, her like um, pedophile. We've got to the point where, huh. yeah, it's it's Crunchyroll the... actually subtitling it as pedophile rather than lolicon, which says a lot. Did I think. did the director guy give his speech yet? Like about. I, I haven't watched the anime, so I uh, something about I how like uh, when I'm she grows up, he's not going to be interested in her anymore. Just... Yeah, okay, that's a speech I was talking about. Yo, that's yeah, <laughs> Mario Kata. Like, I think she is like a, a writer that is worthy of like being talked about. But <laughs> there's some shit in this fucking story that I don't know like how I feel about because like yeah, obviously that dude is portrayed in a poor light, but then like. So, so my, my, what's her face like kind of builds her personality around like a well, lot of, like what he told her and it's like yeah because because uh, yeah i mean he's a, 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 a you know, uh, i mean he's a pedophile that's what they call it in the crunchyroll subs like like yes. I, I did fi- i did find that interesting that they chose to translate lolicon that way but i have no argument over over that one um yeah. You know, and but and she she they make it a point for her to say that he never touched her, but that uh, he's clearly emotionally manipulated her. Right. That's like what you're. Yeah. I mean, he literally says that after she I think she's 14 when she says this in a flashback, she says, why won't you? Why won't you touch me? And he replies, because if I do, you will no longer be a little girl. Not. That there's something completely right. horrendously uh, wrong with me. Yeah. That is, like, that's, that is like that, that is like such a myopic, like weirdly, like almost like 
excusing like explanation of like a pedophile oh this is mm-hmm. one of the good pedophiles who doesn't touch kids it's like yeah <laughs> i i like, think so my, my take on that i don't think they're trying to make him sympathetic i think they're no, trying to no, t- I, I think they're trying not, to build but... the edge a little bit off of off of the situation right because yeah but which which is kind of unusual for the show i guess but maybe they maybe they just didn't want to take it that far but um I guess my take on, and, and this has been the case with her character since day one, you know, obviously he's not portrayed in a good light or as a sympathetic character. Uh, and, the, you know, it's it's not like, you know, and, and I, I hate when anime comedies do this, when they have like the joke pedophile character or whatever, like it's haha funny. Um, but so it's not definitely not that. But I guess it's also not like portrayed as like, I don't know, like a, like a tragic situation or something like it, it's almost, I think what they're going for. And I, I, and I don't know if they hit the mark is like a, you know, this is, this is the kind of stuff that girls have to put up with. Right. Like, I, I think, yeah, the, I think the, that's kind of the, 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 the message they're getting across and it, the way that you're handling it is a little weird. <laughs> I will say that it's it's interesting that the the two characters, both the girl and, and the dude that she's talking to, uh, the childhood friend, uh, call out explicitly at the time this story is being told that this guy is a is a pedophile creeper. Like right. they're not they're not just. I mean, she kind of does try to excuse his actions a little bit, but it's right. it does at least call it out. It's not just a oh, you know, this guy's a bit kooky and weird, yeah. but. Well, because we see he, she's still in some ways seeking validation from him with what she does in the episode. But yeah, but you can write that off as like he has, you know, emotionally manipulated her as a child, right? Like, and she is still a child. Um, so yeah, it, yeah. I, I, I think, I think I can see what they're going for. It's just, it's that's a very dangerous game to play, I guess. It's, <laughs> yes, yes. It's, uh, it's also like when when you're comparing this to, the, the, that like it goes back to your other point about this being a bunch of different stories because you've got a cliche ass relationship with childhood friends that don't realize they fancy each other, and right. you've got glasses girl that takes her glasses off and has a boyfriend now versus. Right the the dude that groomed a child and the <laughs> and kid who's attempting they, to date and then the writer teacher. right the writer story. yes have you introduced yes the te- they've introduced the teacher yes I assume, so yeah. they're, they're like student or their their club counselor yeah, it's we we got a little yeah that one's might be even more this <laughs> I, I, i'm not gonna say anything i probably oh. this story the story fucking takes some directions uh, it's yeah know, it's, um, it's it. This is like the show is is really good in in the bits in which it is really good, but it is not a show that I don't. I, mean, I think I can really I, recommend. I think, I think the charitable take that you guys have been talking about is that I think Mario Kata is trying to like get into like how messy um, sexual relationships can be when you are growing up, when you are in that uncomfortable position where you are. You know, again, we're all dudes, so can't really speak here with any expertise. But the idea of like you are maturing physically, but like and you know, you you are still young, but like society is already beginning to expect like a a certain type of like sexual maturity from and trying to take you. advantage of you, like from yes, yes, immediately. Um, and, and I think Mario Kart is trying to get into that. I think that it's just yeah. Again, I don't I don't know if the anime does things slightly different from the manga, but like it it's a 
it's a it's a hard message to pull off. I, I think sure. I think it takes a really good writer to pull that stuff off. I think I have a bigger problem with the teacher plot line because they're not really making a statement on it that hey, this is not okay. Um, and you know, I don't I don't. I don't know exactly what they're trying to accomplish with it. Cause I don't think they're trying to say it's, it's good either. It's just like, I, maybe, maybe we just, I just need to see more where they're going with it. But I, I feel like particularly episode five, like from ep- like episode one to, or from when he shows up to four, he he's like pretty adamant about telling uh, the girl that he has no interest in kids and he's not in like, he like first time he, he finds that he's been talking to a kid. He just bails. Right. Which, is obviously the correct uh, correct decision but yes yes um but we're getting to the point now where episode five he's like well if you want to get a bit you know sexual then flash your panties at me it's like uh yeah like yes like i think the intent of that vibe is like oh he's trying to like you know scare her away away, like scare her away but it's like uh aha i'm gonna scare her away by like kind of sexually harassing yeah. her which is like eh, yeah. i don't know yeah. about well, here's, that. i mean yeah i think i think it's right he i don't think he was expecting her to try to go through with it the problem was in episode 5 she attempts to do it and they imply that it was catching his attention now and that's right because now she's acting you know right. quote unquote sexual right I, I think when he said it he probably wasn't expecting her to do it and then what but once she attempts to do it and she doesn't actually go through with it i guess but but even the attempt was like they, they zoom in on his eye like focusing on her skirt like yeah like he, like it's he, clearly... he also says he also says like explicitly we like you you're gonna have to do things like this because i don't want there to be a connection between the two of us because he's worried about his job Right, like, and he's, right, he's obviously he's put enough work into job, it. Then, <laughs> then this is the wrong thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah. that's also a problem. So, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I again, I don't think they're trying to say that this is a good situation, but I don't think they're doing a good job of like, I don't know, depicting that. You know, or it, like again, I think I think I think it's just it's a really tough and messy subject to tackle. Right, by, it's a uh, dangerous area yeah. to. to and they they might be setting some minds off <laughs> walking through the minefield. I, I just yeah. want them to take all of the uh, Glasses Girl content into its own thing, just an OVA with no one else in it, so I can recommend <laughs> people watch that and not the rest of this. Has she, uh, she actually told the kid to write an essay yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I like that. That, that. that plot line's been pretty cute. Um, yeah. So, but it, it, that's a weird thing, right? It totally is like that storyline is like, so like totally divorced from like, right yeah and that's why i was saying like in the beginning it almost feels like you could split these up into like different shows or whatever but i mean i guess like they're maybe they're going for the everybody's experience is going to be different right yeah. oh, oh maidens in your savage season five houses <laughs> which, which one will you choose we'd even talk about the fifth girl who hasn't really done much yet she had that the, one uh, like the best friend one yeah she had the one she the one who is probably a lesbian yeah probably that that's kind of what i was thinking too after she did go on so she went on a date with a guy and is like i this guy hate this guy but i don't certainly gives off that uh that vibe i don't know Uh, i don't i'm not 100 percent sure where they're going she was very enthusiastic about the the the, how pretty the blonde girl is though right um all right so i mean i i it's a very interesting show 
I, I will continue watching it. Totally. Um, it's just, I don't know how, how, how I feel about it yet. I, I, I can't recommend a show with a creepy pedophile gendos in it. <laughs> you mean that's it's probably i would say using you some like redundant descriptors in there but uh, yeah. yeah well sure yeah. all right um let's get back to axe murder i guess let's move on to uh axe murder sure vinland saga oh yeah sure yes, yes. <laughs> does that make more sense now g although thor yes. thor seems to be using more fist weapons than yes, I, uh I, whatever I, else i'm sorry i had an old version of the notes up so i was expecting something different but uh <laughs> yeah vinland saga like it came back <laughs> after it uh, back. three weeks yeah yeah it finally came back i guess yes um <laughs> i uh i guess as the person here who's read the manga um or Chris, have you have you read Vinland Saga? Uh, no, nah, this is my first time watching it. Okay, uh, yeah i I think there I think what studio is actually doing a really great job with the adaptation so far. Like again, you know, I said last time it's a little weird, like what plot line they're leading off with in the anime, but I think they did a really good job with it. I think it's a solid adaptation. You know, it does it, it does the things that an adaptation should do of like kind of like taking the best parts of that story and you know putting them to motion, putting them to color giving it sound and music um you know i i hadn't read this part of vinland saga in a while and i you know i don't i don't mean to like hype it up too much but i i kind of had some chills watching this episode i i forgot like how uh, emotionally powerful like parts of of this fourth episode are you know just uh you know as we kind of said before a lot of the, the the main themes of vinland saga are kind of like the struggle to escape like this like deeply toxic cycle of like violence and revenge and like right the toll it asks of the people who who attempt to do something that difficult especially in a time period uh that that violent um you know and that said i'm not gonna try and act like i'm too fucking smart for this show there's also just a lot of really good axe murder well you know fights viking like Violent, Viking-based violence in this episode, <laughs> right? Which was right. Uh, well, also... it's, it's kind of the like a problem I'm running up against is that it uh the tonal shift between like the cycle of violence and murder, and then I'll uppercut a guy and he'll fly thirty feet, um, you know, or like Great, violence is bad. <laughs> Look at this cool. The way I just murdered this guy, right? I, I mean, come on, guys. This has been an aspect of fucking anime since day goddamn one. All right, like, like people, like, like, you know, but also the robots are cool. Like, we cannot deny these two disparate. Yeah, elements. there are levels to this, though, right? Like, yes, yeah. yes. I mean, I do agree. Um, it, it it is strange seeing it try to play the uh, like give a like a real historical feeling, and then you've got. Uh, um, like protag jumping across boats, um, and and like punching people through the air. But at the same time, it's rad, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. I think that is the right take. To, ultimately, to what it comes down uh, to, uh, yeah. Yes, uh, yes. The the next part of Vinland Saga we're going to get into in this anime, I think, based on what I suspect the order is going to be, is is in all fairness going to kind of kind of lean back into the Viking violence stuff. But I do think that. Because they've done such a good job with like 
showing the emotional arc of uh, Thorfinn's character, you know, but basically showing in this kind of prologue, like, what trauma, what what is the trauma that drives him to become who he is? I think it will make a lot of what happens next, uh, like, thematically appropriate. So, uh, so, so, gee, did okay. they did they skip anything, or they're they're still mm, not? I mean, I don't. I don't know if, if if they are gonna skip anything. They haven't yet. It's more like, it's basically more like the anime starts in like chapter twenty, or or, or the anime is starting where chapter twenty is in the manga. Well, that's what that's what I meant. Like, did they start and, start because so they skipped the first nineteen chapters then, or did they like? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the thing. There is still the they can still return back to those first few cha- those first chapters if they. If that's where they lead into next, I think like the, the manga like starts in the Konko present day and then flashes yes. back, right? Yes, it does. It does the berserk thing of starts in media res and then does the flashback. Okay, so they started in and, a flashback and they may come back. Yes, they so probably will have they, to then come back to present day at some point, right? Yes, yes that is my assumption. Okay, that makes sense. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, Let's uh, let's give a shout out to uh, the Waver Show or yes. <laughs> Lord El Meloi the Second Case Files Rail Zeppelin Grace Note. Fucking what? What kind of crazy <laughs> antics did uh, Waver get up to? He solved the mystery. He solved the mystery. I don't really understand how <laughs> or what it was, but I'm, he solved it. Yeah, uh, of course. This whole house is a. Fairy machine, because it's whatever a mounted field or something, and they're a, util, use, using Will's mystic eyes as a catalyst to summon artificial. It doesn't fairies. break any like. <laughs> it's a, it's, this was the position I think I'm on tape as saying I will t- I was going to take for the show of just letting it wash over me because I know it's going to be bullshit, and but lo and behold, it's bullshit, and I'm letting it wash yes. over me. <laughs> I. I but it is it is deeply deeply entertaining bullshit i will say at least to me as somebody with not as strong of an emotional investment in the fate universe i am just lapping up this show it is it is ridiculous and absurd fucking waver is like the shittiest fictional detective in the universe because he doesn't actually do any detective work. He just looks at the scene, says he solved it, and then meanders for an episode or two until he actually tells everybody what he's actually solved. And you just, you just, you're just like, sure, whatever. Like, I can believe that you somehow fucking arrived at this latent esque conclusion despite doing none of the like legwork to arrive there. Just. You know, just the power of common sense and access to the internet, apparently, is all <laughs> El Meloy the second needs <laughs> to solve the mystery. And Yeah, it's just really... Still, I don't know, like... It, it's, yes. What was the... Uh... What was the the premise of the mystery on the on the last one? Like, what kind of crazy? Like, that's oh, what kind God. of that's what kind of interests me. Like, what kind of ridiculous? Like, uh, somebody called him to to his old family home because people keep dying there, and uh, they get struck by lightning. <laughs> yes. and, uh, so, so, yeah, so come solve come solve this mystery for why people keep getting struck by lightning at my house. Yes, uh, and another other wizards are there from other like how like other like. Uh, uh, classes like other like majors of other, the mage school, yeah, sure. like other divisions. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, "What's the, what's the upstart waiver doing here?" 
And Waver is like, I've solved the case. Well, you see uh, something they're obsessed with the, the, the fairies or something. And so they, they use people's human sacrifices to summon fairies uh, yes, or something to... like that. I, so they... I don't think... I don't think I wrote where I could actually give an adequate explanation of what the actual mystery is. The last show two probably doesn't were. give you an adequate explanation. <laughs> it really yeah. doesn't. But it's not it's really a important. Lot of fun. Uh, it's really not. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's There's a man there with a shotgun that can kill ghosts. It's been so. sort of like, hey, remember this character from that spinoff? They're here. Yes. I, I will say, I will say in all fairness to the show. I am pretty happy with how it's going because, like, there is definitely, like, the version of this show that is the absolute worst. You know, we kind of live in this post-Fate-Go universe. And, like, they could have totally, like, just turned the Waver show into a vehicle for Fate-Go cameos. And I'm very glad they have not done that. Like, this is a very, like, self-contained, like, completely up-its-own-ass, like, Fate-Universe spinoff. That is largely about Waver Velvet right. and the Be- dumbass wizard adventure. You still get like the Tight Moon Easter egg and cameos, though, right? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. I mean, have they, have the they gone? The- have they gone to deeper cuts than uh, what's her name than Luvia at this point? The, some people from Apocrypha have shown up. Okay. Uh, yeah. But since this is an alternate universe, they're not the same, or they don't do the things they did in Apocrypha right. or whatever. Correct. So I'm just a regular traveling necromancer with a ghost killing shot. Sunglasses <laughs> and a leather jacket. Just yes. <sighs> what dude? That's fantastic. Yeah. He's great. I fucking he's, love him. He's one of the less bad characters from he's Apocrypha. Just like, he is literally just like he has no reason to even be here. He's just like I was investigating the crypt because I'm a necromancer and I got swept up into this locked room <laughs> mystery. And that's another thing. They're all fucking locked room locked room <laughs> mysteries. The next the next art. They explain, and what is single handedly one of the best lines in the season of anime where Waver says, Ah, yes, the great, the, the rail Zeppelin. You mean the phantom train that buys and sells mystic eyes on the black market is that, that's already sentence. setting us up for the next fucking ridiculous uh, mystery that needs to be solved. Finally, the eponymous rail Zeppelin has made an appearance and only took five fucking episodes. Yeah. I saw. I don't know. One last. The, yeah. Last, Go ahead. Last note I saw they uh I, I think I saw they announced they're already making a figure of his uh saber face assistant. Uh-huh. So right. you get to shoot foreign saber in here somehow. Yeah. Um You can't you can't make a saber of, without creating an expensive figure of it. Yeah, can we can't no, we we don't get saber our, uh, fucking, our god eater cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> instead of the like instead of the like cranky adult waiver figure we truly deserve uh, they'll probably make one of those too i, I oh uh, i don't know honestly. um all right it's not sexy enough <laughs> I, I, th- I think waiver has a fan base right sure waiver has a charm to him yeah speaking of anime bullshit all right so oh, let's uh, yes. let's let's finish things up by talking about Graham Bellum because you guys have been pretty hyped about the, the latest episode <laughs> oh my god Bellum's all right this show's all right. Tell us in on what uh, what happened here. So, okay. did we run down the basic premise of Grimville in a previous podcast? We did on the, on the, last, so. on the last one. It's, 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 you know, it, it's, it's Magical Girl, Mecha, Battle Royale. Right. Yes. yes. It's, it's Fate's Day Night cross Madoka cross G Gundam. 
that's a hell of a sentence, but yes. Uh, hell uh, yes. So, so what, what happened that's got you guys so hyped in the... Uh, uh, okay, so they, they so. introduced the, uh, the, Ch- the Chinese uh, representative uh, in Grand Belm. Grand Belm. Fung, the fung, the uh, the descendant of the feng shui master Lin Fen Fen, sure, uh, who uh, r- uses the long range sniping mech Ji Guan Long, uh, yes, with and, with support uh, with support outside of the magical world with uh, her sisters oh, yeah, running the yeah, simulation. They're just like in their room yes. with laptops in the real world. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, feedback. literally just running running the, running the calculations. Yes, running the numbers. And anyway, so. She's tired. So, yeah. of, she's tired of just hiding while everyone else yes. fights. Oh man! Like this. This like here's the thing. I don't. I don't want to make the show sound like too fucking you know deep or nuanced or anything. But like because it's just like this fifth episode is like literally just like almost eighteen minutes straight of robot fighting. Like the like mech choreography is actually pretty good. It's right? really good in this anime. Yeah, like this might actually like I <laughs> we were joking about this. This might actually be one of the best mech anime I've the seen. Record show like, and season preview podcast where I yes. was like, I'm keeping an eye on. I've been keeping an eye on this one for a while. Yes, uh, Eero, you have the right to claim that uh, you you saw you flexed. saw the writing on the wall for this one. Go ahead, go ahead <laughs> yes. and flex. You you, uh, did, I, you did call this. Yes. Uh, I will. I will. And I will continue to maintain that. Like the only reason I was not looking for a Grand Belm is because it is the job of every proper Mecha fan to be deeply skeptical of any original Mecha show. Because mm-hmm. more often than not, they usually take the Darling in the Franks or I'll Know a Zero route. So sure. you know, you can forgive me for being uh, a little skeptical. But uh, yeah, the show, like the fight, is really good. It's really well choreographed. Uh, it's flashy. Like there's no like corner cutting there's no like you know weird like quality issues like it's well like it, it does the thing i think that like good mecha shows do which is like even when you know a character is gonna lose you let them go out you let them go down swinging you let them bust out you it's like a good wrestling match they get to bust out their finisher their their signature move they get to do everything cool before they go out so like you know that like they went out like at the peak of their power. Right. And, and it takes like the, feels takes the main character, like uh, some heroic effort to, uh... yeah, it feels early. Right. And like, I'm not going to call this like deep storytelling, <laughs> but like, so like uh, the kind of the focus of this episode, last episode is as Iro said, it's uh, her name is, uh, is Nene. She is, yes, the daughter of uh, one of the prior uh, com- uh, competitors in the Grand Belm and has inherited her, uh, her mother's uh, Arminox. That's the name for the mechs, uh, Jiquan Long, which, yeah, as Eero said, specializes in, like, sniping and information warfare. And there's this whole, like, subplot about, like, how, like, Nene fights in the Grand Belm because, like, she wants to, like, connect to her mother again about how, like, she wants to, like, inherit, like her mother's legacy. Like, like the whole vibe of Grand Belm is that every person here is fighting because of some connection to their legacy as a mage. You know, one is fighting for her, like, comatose sister. Uh, another one is fighting because she thinks that another competitor has stolen her family and is turned into a raging psychopath as a result. It's really entertaining. Um, and so for Nene, she inherits Jiquan Long. And, like, this is kind of, like, 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 kind of, like, undercurrent of, like, she, she is, like, kind of rubbing up against Jiguan Long's specialty because she herself is not she herself is not the quite sniping type. You know, she has inherited her mother's mech, but she is not her mother. But she feels a pressure to be her mother. Right. And, and and it kind of culminates in like uh three characters, uh two of the main characters, uh Mangetsu and Shingetsu, and then uh, a third uh of combatant are have agreed to team up to take down Jiguan Long because uh, its sniping abilities are too dangerous. 
and like <laughs> Nene's sisters are like like uh, Nene, you gotta lie low. Like you're not built for like a one on three. Like they're gonna close the distance, and she's just like, no, no, I am I am a mage. Like I will not I will not cower and hide. And she fucking in the real world goes up to them is like, My name is Nene, I am the daughter of Master Feng Shui, Master Lin Fen Fen, prior combatant in the Grand Bell, and I am the current pilot of Jiguan Long, and I will face you in the battlefield. And Oh man, and 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 the fight is so good. Like they're it's like it, it truly feels like a battle royale because everybody's like facing off each other. It, it's originally a three v one, but the three kind of forget that there's like two other competitors in this fight, and they kind of interrupt the fight. So it turns into three sets of one v ones, and like uh, the main character uh, Mangetsu, she and her special mech Lily White manage to close the distance against Jiguan Long, and Jiguan Long's got like a cloaking device. And, like, her sister's like, Nene, please, like, stay hidden. Like, if you stay hidden long enough until the timer passes, we'll survive the fight another day. And she's like, no. Like, I will face her. Fucking, uh, fucking uncloaks. And then, like... So should we know, Jiquan Long is just, like... The rest are all, like, SD actual mechs. Uh, yes. And, all, but Jiquan yeah. Long is just, like, a floating dragon head. Yes, with like, um, a laser cannon. But so, and, but like it fucking transforms into like the Devil Gundam from G Gundam. Yes, <laughs> like, 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 literally, literally. So the whole like, like that's what I mean by the storytelling being told through fights, right? When when <laughs> Nene is in her sniping mode, she is crouched over. She is sitting down with a cloak on her, and like she is like hunched like a sniper. When she faces Mangetsu in open combat, she stands up and tosses her cloak aside, and Jiguan Long also stands up and becomes Jiguan Long combat form or something. Jiguan Long true form, Jiguan Long Nene version. <laughs> you know, fucking Jiguan Long Nene ideation form. Fucking, yes, as Eros, it turns into the Devil Gundam. It's literally the Devil Gundam. The dragon head becomes the base, and the full version of. Of Jiguan Long sprouts out of the back and it starts doing kung fu and it starts kung fuing the shit out of Mangetsu <laughs> and Lily White. It's so good. It's so good. Oh. It's such a good fight. And like, and you're like, oh man, like, how is Mangetsu gonna turn this around? And it turns out. I'm unlocking that- her evil super mode. <laughs> Yes, Mangetsu unlo- unlocks Lily White's hidden Satsui no Hado and becomes uh, becomes fucking Lily Black. And oh, that's good. Fucking that's good. Demon eyes open out of its fucking shoulder pads like fucking Nightmare from Soul Calibur. It's already good. That's and really good. Its sword becomes a glowing black, and and it's this really good moment where like all of these other like mages are fighting for like these really kind of pseudo lofty or personal reasons, and like. During Mangetsu's, like, oh, I'm about to lose, like, mental, like, thing. The thing she gets worried about is that she admits, oh, she's petty. She doesn't actually care about this fight. The reason she keeps fighting is because before the Grand Bell, she was a nobody. There was nothing special about her. <laughs> but the now Grand I'm a cool mage. Yes, and she doesn't want to lose it anymore. She doesn't want to lose the one thing in her life that has finally made her feel special. So she, she submits to her dark impulses <laughs> and fucking... Her eyes light up, and the sigil of Lily White appears in the pupils. And fucking, she does the, like, straight up, like, Saber Fates Day Night Excalibur, and said it's a dark blade of blackness. And fucking just brings it down. It's like a mile long. Fucking just cuts Jiguan Long in half. And, like, you see the shot, like, Nene's pilot's just standing there, fucking slack-jawed. She's just, like, like, wordless. Like, she just says... Oh, that's the power 
of Lily White and is That's I'm glad you're I'm glad you're having fun, G. <laughs> and it's um, Oh, it's so it's fun. It's so fantastic. fun. It's just very like broad, silly, um fun yes. stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Nene was robbed. Jiguan Long is my favorite mech in this show. I I will dearly miss her from this. So, so they, they do get permanently but, knocked out when they when they Yes, when you lose, you lose for okay. good. So the idea is like this is like this weird like meta element of like You gotta give them all their, their episode. Is that Yeah, well it's also more it's also like the meta element of it is like you don't necessarily have to have a loser each round. Like if all the fighters survive until the moon like goes down again, like the battle just restarts next full moon. Right. So like, you know, there is this kind of element of like, oh, if you can hide or survive long enough, you could survive to the next round. But uh, yes, they are starting to knock people out of this fight. Um, again, it's like, yeah, like I think Nene and Jiguan Long were definitely my favorite pairing, like favorite like mech pilot pairing in this show. But like, you say that, but bad. you're always standing Anafugo. Uh... Dude, Anafugo is the bitch queen of the universe. Oh yeah, you mentioned her last time. That woman, yeah. that woman is pure is 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 fueled by pure spite for another one of the main characters. <laughs> like she does not care. She does not care about who wins. She does not care about what anybody else on the battlefield is doing. She is just here to to you know, fuck up Ernesto Shingetsu. And <laughs> oh, it's so it's so satisfying. Oh. I these characters are not again, they're not like that complex or nuanced. They're very broad anime archetypes, but they are like really they are really fun in their execution and in the it's like the, the writer the writer of the show also wrote um place further than the universe <laughs> so you, like <laughs> you can do like quick quick broad but still enjoyable right. like character writing yeah yeah totally uh and i just want to say real quick in the fucking next episode preview uh, we have we have said up till now like like fate. worth noting this is an all female cast, but then the next episode previews have like an old man narrating. Yes, it's, real, it's um, a little weird. But I was gonna say like so th- these uh, this mecha battle royale takes place in like a, a fucking a, a magical alternate dimension that only comes up during the full moon that only mages and those of mage lineage can see. Right, and we've asked the question up till now, why hasn't anybody just gone after the mages, you know, in real life, not in their mechs? And next episode preview, we don't know what's going on. All I know is that the character I just mentioned, Anna Fugo, is seen fucking swinging an axe with murder on her face. In the real world. I, yes, in the real world. I don't know the context <laughs> yet, but I cannot wait to see where that fucking goes. Uh, it always comes back to axe murder. Um, oh yes, somehow it uh-huh. always does. All right, uh, but yeah, that sounds like a lot uh, of fun. Really doing that show, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I again, I think you know, I think the the vibe we have talked about this season is that there has been nothing like exemplary. You know, there is no, you know, there are no like you know Rakugos or Megalo boxes or erased or made in abysses. But like, as a season for just like really fun stuff, I. I, I have definitely been enjoying this season uh, just from a pure entertainment standpoint. I, I don't think I'm going to watch Grand Belm, but I hope for your sake it's still good <laughs> because I'm very excited to hear you talk more about it. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 I wish... Look, I'm not going to force you, Chris. You know, I, I just think... I think more people should watch Grand Belm. It's 
It's like getting critically panned, and it's doing horribly. It was like the, the, the like pre-orders, the, like hardcore mech me really people. Sad. <laughs> like hardcore mech people are like, "Oh, magical girls," and then the magical girl crowd are like, "Oh, mechs," right? <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's such a shame because I think I think it's a like I'm not trying to act like this is like fucking you know the next goddamn like you know uh, whatever high profile anime, but like. It's just really good at what it's set out to it's do. So, I mean, it sounds like it's kind of sad if, if if there are, you know, mecha fans not watching it because of the aesthetic, which I could kind of see why that would raise I, some flag. I think, I think, I think mecha but, fans are starting to turn around it, but it is taking like, – it is the, the, slow. The action choreography of yeah, it is, like, really it good. It sounds like it understands yeah. – what people want to see in a robot fight, though, right? Oh yeah, so, no, no. These people, have, these people, have, like, these people know lasers while shooting the, the head Vulcans and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. So running into laser fire because I've got a shield. Yes, and yes. I can knock some of these away. It's terror, you know. I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's, I'm enjoying yeah, it's, it. It's sen- yes, its sensibilities are very good. Okay. I smile while watching it because I'm ha- <laughs> because I'm having fun. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, Euro. Uh, all right. Yes, I, I'm. I'm with Chris. I probably won't have time to watch it, but I. I will enjoy hearing you guys continue to fill us in on it. Um, uh, it's the type of show where I'm just where multiple times that episode I just went, oh shit! <laughs> that, that, like completely earnest. I mean, that's <laughs> that, that's that's having fun with it, right? So, uh-huh. um, yeah. All right. So I think that's going to wrap up this episode then. Yeah, we got to finish up, dog. I got the Evo stream going in the background, and Goichi is going up against Sonic Fox right now. Okay, so so real quick then, check us out at theglorioblog.com. Follow us uh, at theglorioblog on Twitter. You can check out all of our other podcasts on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube. They're all on the same feed. So if you're listening on the feed now, you've already seen them. But go check those out, and uh, that'll do till next time. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> All right, see you later. Later. Later.